I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Please welcome Richie Drift. Thank you. Uh, I've got to say, this is probably the greatest set of any kind I've ever stepped into. You haven't. Of course oh! I have. My childhood dreams have all come, come true. On. I did use a BP badge to get me Q-Jump. Playing football outfield, I'm playing as a goalkeeper. They're nearly completely different sports. 99% of the time, you're a villain. Barry from Slough's 26 stone with a pint in his hand, probably saying a keeper should have caught that. Well, ask Alison and Edison. They play football. Well, there's some footage in it in the dark of goalkeepers running the ball out of play because they don't know what to do. That clip's yeah. incredible. You need to have a certain mindset to be a goalkeeper. Ronaldinho didn't mean it. I don't care what anyone says. Let's come back to Peter Schmeichel. I think there was an interview where he said he would never admit that he made a mistake. I need to beat Ben Foster and David Seaman. I'll take that. There you go. Like, now we're we, talking. That use what they use. Yeah, yeah. Little frog skin. And I actually I weed myself before doing it because I was so terrified. Like, and I'm, I'm a I'm a staunch militant member of the goalkeeper union. What a save from Mark Howard. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard. Today, I've got a bit of a, a break from the norm in my guest, uh, somebody that's recently slid into my DMs, I was quite happy with, um, TV presenter and host of uh, a special goalie show on BT Sports, a documentary called The Special One and former Blue Peter presenter. Yeah, former Blue Peter presenter, yeah, recently former, yeah. Please welcome Richie Driss. Thank you. Uh, I've got to say, this is probably the greatest set of any kind I've ever stepped into. And I've been I've been lucky enough to obviously work on Blue Peter, been on Soccer AM as well, and of course doing the BT Sport doc, but this is just different gravy. It's lovely. Yeah, it's what, all these goalie gloves. What a compliment that is. Love that. Just all love for goalkeeping, really, isn't it? Big time. Yeah, big time. It's I feel like it's one of my sort of core pillars as to what makes me who I am. Do you know what I mean? Like and I'm I'm a I'm a staunch militant member of the goalkeeper union. Nice. Well I've always wanted a Blue Peter badge, but I never quite got that, so you haven't. Of course oh, I have. My childhood dreams have all come, come true. On. Oh, he's only gone and done it. Oh, of course I have. Oh, got to be go- done. Oh, my God. You think that I, I walk around without them? That. Yeah. You think I walk around without these? That is unbelievable. <laughs> it's like my ID. Like, no one knows or cares who I am if I don't have them. 
Excuse me, who are you? Yeah, exactly. I when I first started on BP, I I remember <laughs> I just moved up to that Manchester. That was so cool as well, by the way. I just want to stop. That was sorry. Just um, flip the pocket, yeah. threw it at me. Come on. And you caught it. Yes. Thank God you caught it as oh, well. Oh God, it would have been a meme. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I was, that's got to go on, Mark. Surely. Yeah, I need to put it on. Of course. When I first moved up to Manchester and I was on a night out with my mate, like it was like a celebration as you on your first show. I did use a BP badge to get me Q jump and it worked. Did it work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. That is so cool. They are, they are. I yeah, am a member. <laughs> yes. I am an affiliated member. You actually got it in straight away. I was so good. Hey, right. listen, you provided the through ball. I just finished it off. That was nice. Well, saved it. Saved it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, I want to crack this off with our quick fire quiz, right? Uh, it's just goalkeeper and stupid stuff, right? Catch or parry? Catch, if I can. Of course. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Play short or kick it long? Uh, I would go with kick it long now. The Hollywood pass to the wing. Yeah, Edison over the top. Leroy Sane running through. This is it. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Favourite ever goalkeeper? Peter Schmeichel. Yeah, easy one for you. Best goalkeeper in the world right now? For longevity, I'm going to go with Manuel Neuer and also not only longevity, but a sort of a catalyst for what the goalkeeper is now. Like Changed the game. Yeah, he changed the game a lot. And everyone, well, no one remembers that Oh, what's the name of the Mexico goalkeeper in the 90s with the amazing, amazing... Thank you, Campos. The, my hero. Is it? Yeah, One of my inspirations. Yeah. Oh, yeah, him going on his ridiculous runs back in the day. Yeah. But, so he was the original, but Marlon always perfected it. Nice. Um, ketchup or mayo? I'll go mayo. Yeah, nice. Long sleeve kit or short sleeve? I don't mind. I, I, I don't... I, I would go... <sighs> If you're going to put a gun to my head and make me pick, I'm going to go... Oh, oh, I'm going to go long sleeve because I'm a bit of a traditionalist, apparently. Same. Yeah. World Cup or Champions League? World Cup. Yeah, nice. Movie or box set? Movie. And then last one. Save a penalty or score a goal? Save a penalty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd love to experience well, scoring well, a goal. Actually, I, I did save penalties and I never scored a goal. Well, you know, not in a real match anyway. So, uh, if we're talking, well, I mean, currently, 48 hours ago, as of when we record this, there was a penalty save in the last minute of a match that you were involved very, in. Very vital save yeah. from my colleague, Ben Foster. And, and, and to me, that is the perfect end to a football match. Yeah, it was. It really was. Because it's, it doesn't happen as often as a last minute goal. So, it, it, in that regard, I'm going to go with penalty. I'm going to stick to my guns to go with penalty save. Nice. If we would have conceded at that point, it would have felt like a defeat, even though it had yeah. been a draw. That feeling of relief, yeah. uh, jubilation. Honestly, it was like I think fans would notice from my reaction afterwards by diving on Fozzie yeah. that it meant a lot to everyone. Yeah, yeah. The save was the save was absolutely. I mean, it, it was an incredible save. But watching on, I know this is your podcast. I'm sorry, but I'm used. This is what I'm used to. I was asking the questions. Nice. I like this. What were the thoughts that went through your head? When A, the penalty was given, B, this right because he had to replace the ball as well, not kind of striker. Uh, and because whenever I see a penalty, I always think to myself, what would I do? Like dive left and right. And I, I and for uh, for the record, I would have gone the wrong way. Would you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. So there's a few different things. I've watched all the penalties before the game. Right. Rodriguez, their normal penalty taker, was substituted off. <sighs> Pissed. Uh, and then their striker didn't take the penalty and they've obviously passed it on to the next person in line and his traditional penalty is he's put two to that side so law of averages you're going just stick to your guns dive that way mm -hmm. 
but I don't know how much Fozzie actually studies it. So I'm in my head going, go that way, go that way. Yeah. But obviously you don't pass on that message because he's solely concentrated on the job. Yeah. Uh, the overriding feeling of like, yes, we were winning the game. Oh my God, this could feel like a defeat. The league could be really flipped on its head again. Yeah. Um, and then the when he re-spotted it, you knew you had the edge. Yeah. As a goalkeeper, anyone that tinkers with a penalty spot or reshuffles a ball. That's why goalkeepers go and try and get in the ref's head saying, that's not on the spot. Because that little bit of a psychological warfare can just turn it. And I was like, now nah, Fozzie's got this. But you're still praying, hoping. Oh, it's mental. Was there a routine that you ran through when you were facing a penalty? So if, if it was me, for example, it was always making sure they knew that I could reach the crossbar. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, making sure as well that I held onto the ball for as long as possible and I placed it on the spot for them. Uh, and then just, just staring at them just as yeah. much as I could and always sort of, you know, steps across the goal line, waving my arms around like an abs. Try and occupy as much of the goal yeah. as possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, mine's just uh, thinking about, obviously, what I've learned out of watching their techniques. Uh, I like to study the arm movements, the way they throw their arms. There's a really unbelievable thing about penalties that their standing foot actually points where the ball's going. Even if they're reversing it, they still have to open up. But to try and wait that long, it's impossible. Yeah. So you're literally trying to go on your your knowledge, uh, your experience, uh, even down to how many people they've got lined up outside the box. If they've only got one on one side and four on the other, law of averages are they're getting the rebounds. Yeah. Uh, even down to where the fans are sat in the stadium because a goal scorer, a natural goal scorer, will peel off to celebrate before he's even scored a goal. Yeah. So if they're over that side of the pitch, law of averages tells you he's kicking the ball that side because he wants to just continue his run. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And as we know, strikers are centre of attention. It's all about them. So yeah, yeah, so relying on the fans to dictate where they place the football in regards to a penalty is yeah clearly a very big deal. Whereas you see the new rules as well, Mark, well, about yeah. not, not touching the net, not touching. The You're bar. not allowed to touch the net. You're not allowed to touch the bar. You have to keep one foot on the line. <sighs> Such it's nonsense. They're That's, trying to make us not save penalties. Literally, it like you know the world is against goalkeepers. Why? Why are you? What? What difference can touching the net or touching the crossbar? What difference can that make to a penalty taker? None. Literally nothing. It's not as if you're going to pick the goal up and move it along the line, are you? No. But like, as, as daft as it is, you could water your goal. You could try and squirt water across your six-yard yeah. box because it would make it more skiddy. Are they going to say that you're not allowed to do that? Yeah. Like, there's so many things that they could break down and go, right, you can't do that. And then on the flip side, when you've got attackers taking the penalties and you've got and Paul Pogba with his moonwalking up to the penalty spot or whatever you want to call it, Edin Hazard with his little hop, skip and jump. How is that? There's no rules against that. There's no rules against stuttering on the way in the run-up, but there's a rule about something arbitrary like touching the net or touching the crossbar. Uh, I mean, listen, let's be honest. We know the game is about goals. Yeah. But, yeah, not fair. This is something that I say... We are the most anti-fun football. <laughs> you don't go to a game to watch a goalie keep a clean sheet. You just don't. No. Yeah, and, and this is the thing, is that every you, me, there have been moments every single football fan has hated a goalkeeper for because they're having a brilliant game and you hate them for it, hate them for making that save. And I don't feel like I should hate goalkeepers, but there's, there's been times, and there's, take it as a compliment to them. Yeah, exactly. Right, I want to get onto your documentary then, cool. uh, the special one. Yes. It's on BT Sports. Yep. Make sure everyone goes and tunes in, especially goalkeepers out there. It's incredibly insightful. Thank um, you. I loved watching it. What was the thought process in, like, let's make this a show? Yeah, I I grew up 
um, obviously from, you know, from as long as I can remember, like grew up playing in goal far, far better and preferred it to being outfield. Um, but I think the catalyst for the documentary itself was just watching football and realising that 90% of the time the pundits are outfield players. And as we established in the documentary, playing outfield, playing football outfield and playing as a goalkeeper, they're nearly completely different sports. And and watching, without naming names, certain Scottish elderly Sky Sports football pundits, who I won't name, try and talk about how, you know, goalkeepers should have done better. And it's always it's always such a broad term. They can never really truly zero in on why the goalkeeper should have done better unless it's a cliche. Oh, the goalkeeper should have done better with that. Okay, explain. Oh, he went with the wrong hand. He got a strong enough hand on it didn't to save str- it. Yeah, didn't get a strong enough hand on it to save it. Oh, he got beaten at his near post. Oh, I don't like that. Right, okay. You Clearly, you don't know what you're talking about. And that's fine. That's that's allowed. You're allowed to not know the answer, although saying that their job is to know the answer. <laughs> um, and it, it frustrated me to the point where I wanted to dispel all of this. And then I thought, well... No, there's more to it than that. Why would anyone want to become a goalkeeper? Why did I want to become a goalkeeper? There's the pressure and the unique position that it is. There's pressure behind it as well in that you're never, ever the hero. You always, seldom the hero unless you're Ben Foster 48 hours ago and you're and you're um, 99% of the time you're a villain. You can, you can have a brilliant, glittering career, aka friend of the show, David Seaman, and you'll always get remembered for one mistake. One mistake, yeah. Brazil, 2002. So it was a lot of... Um, fascination around the psychology the analysis um and, and you know basically what it is to be a goalkeeper and part of the goalkeepers union you had some incredible guests on there aaron ramsdale rob green was really insightful in the breakdown of getting beaten at the near post yeah yeah that was something that really changed your opinion as well and just gave you clarity as well i literally in the middle of filming and it made it into the documentary as i remember thinking this is so cathartic this is sweet sweet therapy finally someone who knows what they're talking about knows the position analyzing and breaking down all of the misconceptions of what it is to be a goalkeeper and it was to tick those off was was central to what i wanted the documentary to be and also i feel like i want it that clipped up and any single time i hear a pundit or a co-commentator saying you shouldn't have been beaten in the post just send it to them yeah just show them that yeah it's just a four-yard goal it's yeah. so simple for a goalkeeper to explain that like no matter where you put your four-yard goal if you're on the angle if you're dead straight yeah as long as you're going to be disappointed at getting beaten through that it doesn't matter how what shape you're in yeah like wherever the ball is yeah if you get beaten by a shot that's too powerful and too quick for you that is it yeah and and, and do you know what i've been sort of maybe unfair on the pundits because of course on social media, there's Barry from Slough's 26 stone with a pint in his hand, probably saying a keeper should have caught that. It's like goalkeepers always work to the least worst case scenario. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, 100%. Well, of course you know what I mean. Yeah. So if a shot comes through a crowd of players, goalkeeper will probably punch it away because if they, if they go to catch it and they spill it, it's going to be a goal. If they punch it away, then they've done the best they can all things considered. Everything in goalkeeping is done on split decisions at fractions of seconds. Yeah. Like down to whether you catch or parry, you've actually got to, while making a save, look at who's following in. You've got to look at the, the you take into account the conditions, uh, the type of ball, how you feel on that day. Yeah. Uh, the, the moment in the game that it is, and this all goes through your head within like milliseconds yeah. of how important this could be or what could effectively go right and wrong. Because the, the disparity between the different footballs that you use, well, one for the FA Cup, one in the league, 
they're quite different as well. So different. And like the Jabalani football from the World Cup in 2010 is a prime example of a crap football that was just Awful. one of those garage airflow footballs. And and so, I mean, how long do you get to use the football in different competitions before you actually play in the match? Uh, depend, FA Cup games, it's two days. Right. And those two days, people think, oh, that's intense training. Yeah. You'll do... You normally play a league game on the Tuesday night, yeah. off on the Wednesday. Thursday, you're training with that ball for 90 minutes. Yeah. Because that's how long a typical training session lasts. On a Friday, you'll do even less training. Maybe you'll get to touch that ball for 60 minutes, but you might only touch that ball 30 times. So what you, all things considered with decision-making and that kind of thing, I feel like what you really need to be is a fly and an octopus and a tarantula. You need like 87 eyes or however many eyes a tarantula has. You need eight arms as an octopus and you need the reactions of a fly. Yeah, exactly that. And you need to be able to jump like no one can believe yeah. it. It's ridiculous yeah. what you do need. Yeah. We could actually build a goalkeeper at Blue Peter style later. Yeah, you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I want to talk a bit, little bit. Right. Are we playing football as goalkeepers? Oh, yeah. Is it football? Well, ask Alison and Edison. They they play football. They play football, yeah. But Rob Green said in the documentary that he'd he'd feel more at home in the centre of a rugby pitch than that, he would in the centre That baffled midfield. me, that one. So what do you think? No, I think we are footballers. Yeah. But it's a it's a different type of sport in itself. Yeah. Yeah. If you were if you went on a date and someone said, What do you do? you'd say, I'm a footballer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh yeah, no, definitely. And as and long also, as my missus is not listening to this. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but also to say that you're not a footballer, I feel like discredits you as well. Yeah. So yeah, we are footballers. The level of professionalism and what we've had to endure and give up and sacrifices that we make obviously counts us towards a footballer, but it is we're doing something that's different. You don't see it in many other sports where a basketballer can use like if one of them use their feet. Yeah. That wouldn't compute at all, yeah. but technically we're doing that in football. It's You're as much of a footballer as, say, a quarterback in the NFL yeah, exactly is, is that, a footballer, yeah. an American footballer, as much as a straight wing guard or whatever another position is in American football. Yeah, goal line attack. Is that a netball? Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure. Right, uh, I want to talk about the ever-changing rules of football and goalkeeping. Yep. Uh, you On your documentary, you talk about the back pass. Yes. Right, I don't remember it, and you clearly wouldn't remember it being a lot younger than me, but back pass, you used to be able to pass it to your defenders and then pick it up again. Yeah. It used to be mental. Yeah. Uh, we interviewed Shea Given for it, and, and he played, he, he played, I think, the line, something along the lines, he... He started in the 80s, became professional in the 90s and played through the 2010s as well. So he saw all of the evolution of what it is for the back pass rule. He was in that perfect gap. So he remembers playing and being able to pick up a back pass. And then all of a sudden he's got a, like in the early 92, I think it changed because of the Euros. And then all of a sudden it changed to not being able to pick up a back pass. And that adjustment as we pointed out in the documentary, would have led to a lot of very fun moments oh. where goalkeepers go to pick up the ball and then don't. And then, well, there's some footage in it in the dark of goalkeepers running the ball out of play because they don't know what to that do. That clip's yeah. incredible. He's like, oh no, I'll, I'll take another touch. Yeah. I'll take another touch. Oh, yeah. what am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. And he even tries to pick up the ball to like for the throw-in. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. it's great. But the, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I think... There are rules that are put in arbitrarily or there are rules that are put in that, that are literally just to take the piss out of goalkeepers, like on penalties, not being able to touch the crossbar, not being able to touch the net. Like, why? You know, when, when, a, when a penalty taker can stutter or moonwalk or hop, skip and jump his way to taking a penalty, why can't a goalkeeper touch the crossbar or touch the net? It's nonsense. Getting, coming off the line, I understand. But yeah, some of the rules are there 
uh, arbitrarily, but the back pass one, I've got to say, is for the good of the sport. It's definitely for the good of the sport. Yeah. The next one that might do a few goalkeepers a favour, me included and you included, speaking to you, Wisby, we can't come for crosses or can't can't come for corners. I, like, that's how rules are going at the moment. Honestly, if if we couldn't, if there's a rule that's put in place where you're not allowed to come for a corner, I, I'd be really pissed <laughs> off because I was always crap at it anyway. I was never that sort of goalkeeper that could come for crosses. I was awful at it. I was much more of a shot stopper. 100%. So I'd be annoyed because I feel like I'd stand a quarter of a chance of maybe possibly playing Conference South <laughs> once. Oh, I think you'd get there. I, I do. Uh, I want to talk briefly as well on the mentality and the mindset of goalkeepers. Like you've interviewed loads now. Uh, can you see the difference in the goalkeepers? Obviously, Chris Kirkland famously uh, you've interviewed and he had his problems uh, compared to say like Aaron Ramsdale now that escalates those stuff, sort of things. I feel like goalkeepers in and of themselves in their playing career um, are they, they fall into maybe two camps. You've got your Peter Schmeichels, your Oliver Kahn's, your Manuel Neuer's in one camp who are, you know that they are there. And, and, and I'd like to think as a Peter Schmeichel stand, I like to think it's for the better of the team, it's organisation, it's to intimidate the attackers. Um, you know, they put themselves about everyone knows that they're on the pitch. You can probably hear them from the nosebleed seats. And it keeps their defenders on their toes. Exactly. And then Jordan Pickford as well, actually. I throw him in there. Joe Hart as well. Uh, And then on the other side, you've got your your David Siemens. You've got your, you know, cool, calm, collected, never raised their voice. Hugo Lloris. Yeah, never, you know, yells at their defence or anything like that. And I think ultimately that's down to preference. David De Gea as well, I put into that mix as well. He doesn't... there have been times where I'm like, you need to talk to your defence. <laughs> you don't. Um, I think ultimately, out of the other end of what the goalkeeping experience is, I feel like goalkeepers are, are more complete, rounded people. Having gone through a lot of shit beforehand, they come out the other side as as sort of more down to earth. Um, yeah, literally, I, I said it, more complete people. Um, but personality-wise, I, I feel like... Um, you need to have a certain mindset to be a goalkeeper. Yeah, we go through some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Proper. Yeah. It gets deep as well, but that's something that you just learn to deal with as you get older, especially the more experience you get. You'll get young keepers now that make mistakes and can crumble through games, and you can see it happening. The older you get, it's easier to wash away. You just get on with your job and you do the next thing right and just crack on. And you've spoke to loads of experienced goalkeepers that still mentally are scarred by mistakes that they've made. Yeah. Like even uh, I had David Seaman in last week and... We, he talked about like the uh, Ronaldinho goal, and it still lives with you. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 baffling to me that um, someone that had the career that David Seaman had is still hopefully not too badly affected by a goal that it was. He, Ronaldinho didn't mean it. I don't care what anyone says. He didn't mean it. And in fact, I listened to the pod and Gilberto Silva confirmed that yeah. that, that wasn't meant as well. And it was it was a weakness of my game actually, as if I made a mistake or whatever. My I was I was taking it far too personally and taking it far too seriously, I guess. And my mates were always like, get your head up, get on with the game, it's done, you can't change it. And they're absolutely spot on. Um, Whereas, you know, and then there's, uh, to come back to Peter Schmeichel, I think there was an interview where he said he would never admit that he made a mistake. Yeah. (laughs) It just never, and I can name them. (laughs) I can name a a back pass in the FA Cup against Barnsley where he slices the ball across his own goal mouth and it's put in. I can name mistakes that nearly every goalkeeper has made. It's just how how they approach them. Yeah, exactly that. Right, I want to test your knowledge now on goalkeeping. Uh, I know you've listened to this. Okay. What a save from Mark Howell. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Goalie or no goalie time. Right. I've got five current international goalkeepers and five are made up names or people from around the world. Yeah. Uh, listeners can head over to our YouTube and check out the leaderboard. It's you one got a leaderboard. Yeah, we've got a proper leaderboard. Taking this extra it's seriously. Good then. as well. There it is. Some good names on there. Emily Ramsey still ten out of ten. Darren Ward nine. Marcus Bettinelli on eight. Spencer Rowan on eight. Okay. I need well, I need more than half. I need to beat Ben Foster and David Seaman. I'll take that. Yeah, nice. Right. Let's... You know how this works. I'm yeah. out to trick you. Yeah. Right. Number one, John Hunter Blair. I feel like he's an actor. I, he's not. A, I don't think he's a goalkeeper. He is not a goalkeeper. <sighs> After a good he start. created Blue Peter. Oh, I had to chuck one oh, in there. Oh my days! If I got that wrong, that would have been an absolute yeah. nonsense. Well, you've left now anyway. It wouldn't matter. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew it. At least I knew the name. At least I recognised the name. John. Oh my Thanks, days, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so pleased with that. Number two, Jacques Webster. Not a goalkeeper. He's not a goalie. It's Travis Scott. Oh, cool. Nice one. Everyone's got these random names yeah. in America. But Travis Scott is just a name in and of itself. So he wasn't even, you know, that could be his no, real name. That could be his real name. Yeah. Yeah, but I can see why he changed it, to be fair. Yeah, exactly. Right. Number three, Sergei Pashtovkov. Yeah, nice. Sergei Pashtovkov. <laughs> you love how I pronounce these. It's so hard. I tell you what. Sergei Pashtovkov. I mean, he could, honestly, he could have invented a rifle in World War II or he could be a goalkeeper. I, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go goalkeeper. Just he so is a goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. Russia and FK Rostov goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't recognise him actually, those pictures. No. Is, because Russia nice had the trim, same though. goalkeeper for what felt like 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. He's one of those goalkeepers that I only ever come across at World Cups and major tournaments. I should know it as well. Akinfeyev? No. No. It's like, he's like Jan Sommer, yeah, who played like, last night for Bayern Munich, I only ever came across at tournaments. Yeah. And the Mexico goalkeeper the Mexico as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that type of keeper. Yeah. We'll, we'll quickly move on and ignore it. That no one knows we, it. Can't. we don't know it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Number four, Billy O'Connell. I know the name and I think he's an actor. No, not an actor. Maybe not, not a goalkeeper. Oh, shit. You, you can't read him. He's... <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't think Billy O'Connor or Connell? Connell. I said, why? 
doesn't make a difference whether it's Connell or Connell, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, I don't think... I think Billy O'Connell would be a, a striker. Not a goalkeeper, anyway. Not a goalie. Yes, come on. She oh. is Billy Eilish. Oh. <laughs> cool, right, yeah. Well, not a striker either. Her actual name is Billy Eilish Pirate Baird O'Connell. Sorry? Yeah. Pirate? Pirate. Baird? Baird. Good Scottish name, Baird. That is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm not sure where the pirate bit came from. Yeah, that's extraordinary. I rate it. Yeah. I thought I'd throw that one out. Nice. I thought that one was definitely tricked you. All right, four, four out of four, mate. He's flying here. Come on. All right, number five, Emilius Zubas. Goalkeeper. Confident. Lithuania and Tel Aviv goalkeeper. He's doing all right. He's doing all right. Number six, Pavels Steinbors. Goalkeeper. He's on fire. Six out of six, Latvia and FK Riga goalie. Trim's not looking the best. No, oh no, he's had an absolute nightmare. Spider legs when it rains. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a weak hairline. Sorry, Pavel. Sorry, Pavel. Very weak hairline. Yeah. Just get rid of it. Yeah, just, just whip it yeah, off. He probably has now, yeah, let's yeah. be honest. Right, number seven, Ika Alvarez. Oh, man. There's no time limit on this, is there? No, there's no time limit. Ika Alvarez. And the thing is, is, I've already said like 87 times, this sounds like an actor, it sounds like an actor. But it sounds like an actor. Uh, thing is, obviously, Ica, Casillas. One of the most famous yeah. in the world ever. Ica Alvarez. It's a flip. This is a flip of a coin. Some of them I've been actually quite confident on. This is a flip of a coin. Not goalkeeper. Oh, he's gone the wrong way. Oh. Andorra and Villarreal goalkeeper. Ica Alvarez. Oh, absolutely got it. <laughs> oh, he streaks up. Is there is there a human on earth called Ica who isn't a goalkeeper? Do you know what I mean? No, I don't. I don't think so. I might change my kids' names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just in hope. Yeah. Right. Number eight, Nicholas Coppola. Goalkeeper. Nicholas Cage is not a goalkeeper. Oh, no. <laughs> I, no, I should, I, sh my mate, there are going to be a couple of my mates. We always send each other Nick Cage gifts oh, because nice. they're brilliant. There's one, especially, I don't know if you ever saw his entrance to like a talk show where he's definitely on some sort of illegal powder <laughs> and he's Kung Fu kicking thin air. It's brilliant. Is it really good? It's oh, so good. That. And he sits down and does this interview and I'm, I am, I'm kicking, like, I'm kicking myself for that one. Yeah. Should have got that one. That's how much research I do that I even knew that you sent. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's that is some good research. There it is. Here he is. Oh, Just wow. throwing money around and kung fu kicking thin air. But why would you not? Yeah, he's Nick Cage. Yeah. Well, he's not. He's Nicholas Coppola. Coppola. <laughs> <laughs> right, six out of ten so far. You've got two more to go. Right, number nine, Rustam Yatimov. Rustam Yatimov. They all sound like goalies to me. Every single one. Every week we do this, right? I do... I look for actors' names, singers' names. I'm like, could be a goalie, surely. It's a strong Eastern European name. I'm going to go not goalkeeper just because you said it sounds like a goalkeeper to me. Yeah, so it's a goalie. Yeah. Oh, that was me like, throwing you right off it there. Damn it. He is Tajikistan. Oh, how'd you say this one? Tajikistan. Yeah. Uh, and Istakul Dashambi goalkeeper. Okay. All right. One more to go. Oh, come on. I need that seven. You need to get to seven. Number 10, Maurice Micklewhite. 
Well, we've had a lot of goalkeepers in a well, two goalkeepers in a row, I think. No, we so haven't. No one I'm, ever actually I'm counts lying. how many goalies they've had. I'm lying. We haven't had two goalkeepers in a row. It was Nick Cage before that. So I'm going to go. What was his name? Maurice. Maurice Micklewhite. I instantly thought of Maurice Wallace, Pulp Fiction. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing to do with anything. So I'm no, not really sure why I'm saying it's that. Totally relevant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, not a goalkeeper. My name is Michael Kane. And I, I'm a nosy neighbour. He is not a goalkeeper. Come on. Nice. Come Seven on. out of ten. Got to be happy with that, that, Rich. Yeah, very happy with that. I, honestly, I would have settled for five. He was flying at six out of six at the start. Oh, it just all it went Pete Tong. It did. I'll take seven. How someone, how anyone can get ten out of ten is... Match fixing. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I gave you a BP badge as well. I still <laughs> didn't get ten out of ten. I'm so happy with that. Integrity. That's what we like. Yes. Yeah. I'll take that. Seven out of ten, which puts me... Uh, joint fourth. Uh, joint fourth, Theo Baker, Josh Griffiths, and Big John. I'll take that. But beating Ben Foster and David Seaman was what, what I was out to do, and I've done that. You've done that, mate. Yeah. Mission completed. Love that. Right. I want to crack on that with your first memory of playing in goal. Oh, man. I reckon I was, I reckon I was in like year one or year two, and it was my turn. And we had like, uh, so it would have been five or six. And we used to play football with like a sponge dice. Oh yeah, remember them? Do you remember? Do you actually remember the sponge dice? Yeah, the spon- yeah. yeah, and and it was uh, jumpers for goalposts. Uh, but we used to take up the whole playground playing, and so people would be it would be carnage. I'd be absolute carnage. Someone always got took out. There was oh. always someone that you ran into. Oh, definitely some poor girl on a skipping rope who definitely got taken out by a two foot knee high tackle. Uh, accidentally, of course. Um, <laughs> I, it was. I think it was my turn, and um, it actually was. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved just throwing myself about, um, and then yeah, that was it. it. It went from there, and then instead of you know, it's my turn. It was, I am in goal all the time now. Bringing your gloves into school. Yep. Yeah, my BMX probably BMX gloves, like some nonsense, like the ones that I can see on the background that. I wouldn't even know how to describe those. Nah. I mean, I recognise them. Apparently, and these are one of the first ever pair of gloves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's impossible but because no, that's I don't it. know how they fit. The grip on the front, <laughs> that's what I remember. It was as if someone's just taken some rubber and just cut it off a tyre and stuck it on a gardening glove. And that's it. Just had a glue gun out on a this pair of gardening it. gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was definitely like similar to my first pair of gloves. And then from playing in school, you found the love for goalkeeping. Big time. Did you just try and do- join a team straight away? Was it like a case of going home, telling the parents, like, I'm, I want to be a goalie? I, oh, they knew. Yeah, instantly <laughs> they knew. It's like, my mum always reminds me that in every single school photograph, everyone's in school uniform apart from me and I'm in a goalkeeper shirt. Different goalkeeper shirt for each school photograph yeah. from like the, do you remember the 1998? England gold one it's when yes. we got knocked out by Argentina like that one uh, Man United third kit white I remember the white goalie kit Arsenal and when we lost we lost 3-2 that's the one time I can remember him wearing it that one I, oh, that coupled with them rouge gloves was an yes. unbelievable combo oh honestly put it on a catwalk it was wonderful um, yeah I was I was I think every single sort of Christmas and birthday uh, or joint Christmas and birthday present was I got a new goalkeeper, a new goalkeeper shirt from from when I was about five or six all the way through. And I got, I was tall for my age. I loved throwing myself about pretty fearlessly. I've definitely lost a lot of brain cells being kicked in the head. Um, That's the fun bit. Yeah, this is it. Weirdly, this getting is hurt it. is the fun bit about yeah. goalkeeping. Getting yeah. dirty and getting hurt. As long as you take them out, 
the striker as well. Yeah. It's fine. Um, but it was, uh, I was in like year three and been asked to play for the year, the school football team. So I would have been like six or seven playing with like 10, 11 year olds. Oh, sick. But because I was tall and because I like throwing myself about and I didn't mind, it was, yeah, I was I was asked to do that and I, I did. And then I um, actually got I got spotted for playing for my school and played for my local team, St Albans City. You went on to play for St Albans City for a good few years with a good... Uh, a good set of friends as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I played for St Albans City between the age of, uh, eight, I want to say nine, nine years old until I was 16. So yeah, seven years. There was a time where I think uh, the team grew in and then got split into two teams. There was an A, B and a B team. Naturally, I was, of course, the B team. But the A, a team goalkeeper, I can't remember his surname, but his first name was Joel. He actually got spotted by Arsenal. And I think he went on to win an England youth cap one, at least. I don't... I, I I can't give you a surname. I can't give you a year that this would have been. So this might be absolute nonsense, but I have a feeling that that How is old what you? happened. I'm 34. Yeah, it would have been... A, so two years below me would have been Sean Rivers, James Russell, uh, who's now the Chelsea number two goalie coach. Right. Uh, James Shea, who's a Luton goalie. No. I'm trying to think of who was under that. Is his name Joel or Alex? They don't even sound similar. Oh, God, this is oh, my God. brains. I'll probably do know who you're on about as well. That's going to really annoy me. Did you ever get scouted? Well, I guess if it counts getting scouted for my school and then playing for St Albans City youth team, I, I, does that count? My... Of course it does. I'll take that. Yeah, I just yeah, want, yeah. I wondered if there was ever a point where you'd ever been approached of by got, other clubs and got, stuff like that. Uh, I, got, I, got, I got approached to do county trials. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those weird ones where like my parents didn't, I mean, A, they're not into football. B, they didn't push me in any direction. I, I do sometimes wonder if if they pushed me, what might have been. You've got the right size. I've I got the height and I've got the mentality, I feel like, to throw myself about. Um, but no, I was, I was, I might have, as I said, done, maybe made one Conference South appearance because the first team goalkeeper was injured. You talk about your love for Peter Schumacher in the yeah. documentary. I want to talk about it as well, yeah. right? Obviously, growing up then, this is who you idolised. This yeah. was the person that was on your wall. Yeah. He is the reason I'm a goalkeeper, reason I support Man United. Uh, and I don't, I genuinely don't think I can remember the first sort of time that I watched him play. I don't think so. But it was just, it was how, for want of a better term, sort of eccentric and he wasn't attention seeking, but how out there, out there he was. And he epitomised what it was about being a goalkeeper in that we got our own kit. We didn't get, you know, we didn't have to play in the same kit as everyone else. We got our own kit. We threw ourselves about. We were an authority figure. Um, and he was just, I mean, I'm glad I picked him and not someone he, he else. He was one cause... of the first goalkeepers that I remember everyone giving credit to. Everybody else just played in goal. He was the one that everyone went, God, I'd love to have a goalkeeper like that yeah. behind me. Yeah. He was, I don't, obviously, from that era as well. I'm a, I'm 36 now, and I don't remember other keepers making that much of a statement in goal. It was all a bit kept a quiet goal and weren't out there, weren't in your faces. Yeah. They were there to just do their job. He was the first person that changed that, really. Yeah. And with the, like you say, Manuel Neuer earlier, he was the one that then went, right, goalies can read the game. Yeah. They can come out of their box, and this is what they can do. Yeah. Everyone's constantly evolving. I think he was one of the biggest catalysts, especially for our era. Yeah, for sure. And also, his technique was... Well, I mean, unorthodox. Un unorthodox. That star, starship, starfish save that he did from yep. playing handball got Man United out of so many 
problems. Problems. Yeah, it did. It really did. Really, really did. And, you know, his approach to one-on-ones where he'd, he'd gauge, engage, and then just throw himself at the attacker. Alisson's like that now at one-on-ones. The way that he comes out and is able to go. make saves is ridiculous. Yeah. And I think Peter Schmeichel's probably an influence on that, of yeah. the way that he would be patient, be patient, and then just yeah. go all out, attack. This is it, and I, there's been, there's been a. I don't know. I don't know what you think of this, but there's been a sort of tendency that I've I've noticed in the last, call it, ten years at the most, where goalkeepers come out, and I call it the proposal. They come out and they get down on one knee, and I I personally hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I can I can see why in some situations it works. What do you think of it? So it's As now the called the K-shaped block, right? So you, it's like one long leg straight, one leg bent. You're literally trying to make a K-shape yeah. with your body. Um, it's effective on the angle, particularly, yeah. because you then can overcover your near post yeah. with a trail leg yeah. um, in the middle of the goal. I, I grew up differently. right? Yeah. I used to love throwing my head at the ball. Right. right? <laughs> this doesn't happen now. It's more of a, can you block the shot instead of meet the shot as it's being kicked? Right. But that's why there's less injuries now and we all broke our fingers and thumbs. Yeah, and faces. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, the, the K-shaped one where you've got the one leg extended, definitely, I don't see David De Gea doing that. No. He, he is the epitome of what I would call the proposal. <laughs> I think it's. I think it might be like a hockey goalkeeper technique. Yeah, I think it must be. Or, or definitely cricket as well, when cricketers go and catch like a, a ball that's skidding along the ground and get down on one I, knee I as well. I think it's all about how people use it. Shay Given was one of the first that did that low block. Right. But he would spread so well and have... His lead leg would be flat on the floor. Yeah. But that doesn't happen now. There's now more room to get it through you, I find. Yeah, yeah. And it always ends up with, like, the way players are playing now and they dink the goalkeeper. If you go down too early, you're just True. selling yourself. Yeah. And I think that that's what's changed is we used to throw our faces and our heads straight at the ball and they, we would now effectively get dinked every week. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is more humiliating than letting in the goal. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I'm very, very happy to be wrong when it comes to this sort of technique. Maybe because, as I said, like growing up watching Peter Schmeichel come out and probably scared a bejesus out of the striker as he's shouting, as he's sprinting at the attacker, was more my style than than this sort of proposal. It leads on anyway to goalkeeping injuries, right? Mm -hmm. Our fingers. You've brought in a very special pair of gloves. I have yeah. Uh, have you had any goalkeeping injuries? I dislocated my knee when I was 16 playing goal. You know how Michael Owen fell? Remember how he fell in the World Cup against Sweden? Yeah. I did that while making a save. Uh, oh. And it wasn't even as if I was playing a competitive match, which was, it was when I was playing at St. Albans City. It was on a school trip and it was teachers versus students. And I was playing, I was playing an absolute blinder, but wet grass made the save, but like landed awkwardly. Um, and that was it. I was out for nine months. I had a cast that went from my hip to my ankle for two weeks. Oh, that's difficult it at was, that age as well. It was, yeah. And I didn't do the rehab properly and, and yeah, nonsense. And then uh, out for nine months, played two matches that season. And then it was, you know, it was on to A-levels and all that kind of thing. And I, and I just, I mean, I knew I wasn't going to make it at that point, of course. So I, I sort of packed it in a little bit then. But um, yeah, plenty of injuries. Broken, I, I went through a penalty shootout with a broken finger, Save three out of five. You did say three out of five. I was about to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, yeah, I've, I've broken my hands more than I can count. You can see like a lump right there. Nice little, nice little lump on my hands. Um, but nothing compared to Rob Green. Yeah, you've seen this up close and personal. I have, unfortunately. Yeah, he, uh, as part of the documentary, he he showed off his his hand injury and his pinky finger sort of goes off to a ninety degree angle. It's actually mental. 
Like the only way of like summing it up is if someone's actually taken that finger off there and reattached it going that way. I mean, to be fair, he gets more spread on his hands. Yeah, well, that also could put, be put in the floor and really hurt. That's exactly how he did it. Save. Yeah, he said he caught his finger in the ground uh, diving and and then from there on, because he did it once, he kept doing it, kept doing it, and kept doing it. And I, I, I bought in these gloves that uh, he used during I the documentary. I want to show everyone this, right? Anyone that's watching on YouTube, but they're actually webbed. They're like just, it's one finger now. Mm-hmm. It's a full, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, it's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle sort of yeah, yeah, style, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's a hell of a shout. But listen, it didn't stop him from being a, an incredible, an goal, incredible goalkeeper. Right, we might as well talk about gloves now anyway. Yes. Yes. Right, yes. let's get geeky then. Let's talk gloves. What a save from Mark And this Howard. is the glove review on the Yours Mine Away podcast. What gloves do you currently wear and why? I have been added as finger safe gloves. Yes. <sighs> Since I can remember, honestly, probably since I started playing for St. Albans City, like, quote-unquote, real football, like, you know, where I I joined them to be a goalkeeper. I didn't join to make friends. I joined to be a goalkeeper. That was my job. That was why I was there, as opposed to school football or anything like that. Um, Shay Given, who I interviewed on the on the documentary, he introduced me to Adidas Finger Safe Gloves, watching him and watching how good he was as well. Of course, I had my Roish. Of course, I did. Peter Schmeichel. Uh, but Adidas finger saver are the gloves I've had consistently more than any other. I've dipped in and out of like Yule Sport made a finger save version and they were cheaper when I was growing that up. Definitely helps with parents. Yeah, exactly. So I, I used Yule Sport and their specialist goalkeeper stuff. Uh, I don't know. If, did you ever use the boots? Yule Sport professionals? Uh, I, I knew someone that did use them. And they looked heavy. Right. They always looked very heavy. Right. I just didn't know what sort of advantage they'd actually give me. But I think that was one of the first companies to do boot glove combos so i suppose they were probably trend setting good 15 years ago well thank you Yule sport because you have just shone an absolute spotlight on the fact that adidas now do it nike now do it and puma everyone puma now do it all, all the brands are now like it's great re-releasing everything with a matching pair of gloves it does annoy me when goalkeepers don't do that yeah. obviously being a man united yeah. fan david de gea must annoy you david, like, just why not why wouldn't you do that? Just pair them up. Yeah, come on. With your cup of Monday hours and your brand new Adidas gloves. Yeah, just, yeah. There's no reason why you wouldn't. What do you think are the, the advantages of finger saves? I'm a massive finger save advocate. Good, because I always wondered whether I should be embarrassed or not for wearing finger nope. save goalkeeper gloves. There are some of us out there. We're very rare. I yeah. think Leno does. I think Fabianski nice. might. There are a few of us. I, I just, you can see my fingers are like individual strands of spaghetti. <laughs> coming off the end of my hands uh, and I've broken I say broken my fingers more times than I can count in fact I mean even look at my hand this one my right hand is just permanently discolored um so I think finger saves not only added an extra level of protection you should really wash them but I should just the right hand yeah <laughs> not only I've added an extra level of protection but also um if if I am diving for a shot that is well, literally just requires tip of my fingers to get to. You stand far more chance of saving it. 100%. If you've got a bit of reinforcement behind you. Goalkeepers are so disadvantaged. Why it, not? It's not often in a game you actually make a fist. Everyone worries about clenching their fist for punching it. Try and catch the cross instead then. Well, yeah. But you actually don't clench your fist that much in a game. It makes no like difference whether you've got finger saves in your hand right. or not. Your back of your hand is stiffer. But right. that's the whole point of it. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I would I would go finger save for the, all the reasons that you just said. And and 
I don't know, a goalkeeper might turn around and say, yeah, but you don't have as much feel. When you're making contact with the ball to tip it over the bar, you don't have as much feel over. I'm not good enough to be able to differentiate, personally. <laughs> as long as I get a hand to it, I don't care. And as long as it's the most solid hand possible, I don't care. Soccer Aid, if you're listening, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you've not been asked to do something like that yet. I know! Come on, lads. The goalkeeping standard on that is frustrating, to be honest. Your voice sounded like Joel Dummett's tried it, and he was awful. I didn't know I had a voice sounded like. Uh, honestly, I was watching your documentary last night with right. the missus, and she went, he sounds like Joel Dummett. I was like, does he? Does he really? It's funny you said that. When I listened to your podcast on the way here, I thought, is that Peter Crouch presenting this goalkeeper's <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I've got better dance moves than Crouch. <laughs> Good lad. I'll prove that. <laughs> um, if you ever had a pair of gloves then, custom built, what would you do? Oh, man, now we're right, talking. Actually, let's get a bit geeky, right? Let's in Blue Peter fashion. Right. Let's like make a pair of gloves out of like all the different materials you could. Let's make a challenge out of it. Right. Well, of course, you know, your classic latex grip. I, I don't... I'm not too uh, knowledgeable. It's going to really, really embarrass me. But when it comes to the different sorts of grip, yeah. I feel like there's, there's... Typically, there's three millimetres or four millimetres. So do you like a thinner palm or a thicker palm? Uh, I'd probably go... I'd probably go... If I've got the finger save, I'd go thinner palm. Yeah? Yeah, finger save, thinner palm. Nice. Um, roll finger, if I can. Um, more... Surrounding. Surrounding, yeah. Um, and, and do you know what? This might sound controversial, but I'm not mad. The Adidas Predator gloves that I'm looking at, they don't have a wrist, uh, the, the, the wrist Strap. strapping. I don't mind the strapping, but I do prefer the longer sort of length on the wrist support. I just, I feel like there's more support there. Yeah. So I do prefer that than, you know, cutting off right at the wrist and then that's it. Um, and if possible, you know, maybe a bit of, I, I just take the Terminator's, hands and sort of put some metal that would, in there that would help, and robotics yeah. as well even like the way a frog suctions onto stuff there you go like, now we're we talking like use what they use yeah yeah little frog skin <laughs> <laughs> stickers yeah 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 uh, uh, the vaseline conversation that you had as well yep you've never tried that i've tried it it works see when extreme wet conditions this baffles people that something that's waterproof yeah makes your gloves stickier in wet it's, it is a mental concept. Exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. but there is a trick. You actually do put it on your post during the game and you just keep reapplying it. And it's, it's so strange, but it ruins the glove. I also don't know who first thought of that and how did they find out? I reckon it was someone in a dressing room putting DP on their legs or putting Vaseline on their legs and then by accident rubbed their legs and went, oh my God. Yeah. I've just I've just created frog's grit. Yeah. That's a great shout. I'm gonna have to try that at some point. I say it like I'm rich enough to have multiple pairs of gloves that I don't want to ruin. I'm not yeah. wait for you've got an old pair this and is go it. through them. Uh what about goalkeeper kits then? Uh and boot combos. Uh, I love a boot combo. I love buying boots and collecting boots that match the gloves that I wear each season. Yeah, big time. You're a massive fan of this. Yeah, I I I've I have been added us since I was very, very, very little with regards to goalkeeper gloves. But if, say, uh, a, I don't know, another another make that I wasn't too familiar with, if they started the matching boot and glove combo, I'd have been gutted because of, of my affiliation. Not affiliation with Adidas, I wish. Because um, <laughs> of my up. adoration. Adidas, you hear this. Yeah, thing. exactly. Because of my adoration for Adidas stuff. But yeah, no, I, I, always, I always tried to. Even when I was at university, I had um, sort of the black and white uh, Adidas finger saves again and I had a couple of Monday hours to match but yeah we've got some right here that I'm looking at and they're stunning and I've had a few of those pairs the, f the, the fluorescent 
black and uh, yellow. I had them. Yeah, those experts were class, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, really, really, really good. Um, so these the Adidas Predators that we've got right here, I've got the red and black to go with it. Um, I've got another pair as well. The, in fact, you can see it right there, second the level ones. down. Uh, uh, left. Left one. Yeah, that one. That's what I wore on, on Soccer AM. Um which I nice, very nice of Adidas to send me those. Um, oh, did they send you them? Yeah, nice. Yeah. They've never sent me anything. Oh, mm. I'll, I'll talk to my people. <laughs> you probably don't work there anymore, actually. Nah. Yeah. But yeah, big, fa big fan of that. And why would you not? Why would you not? Just looks the part. Yeah. You might, you'd feel the part if you look the part. Big time. And I, I feel like uh, favourite combo of all time, though. Because I'm I, a traditionalist, right? So White palm? Like, yeah, white gloves. Yes. So top left that, for me. Yes. Gold, the, the white, white and blue. Black. Oh, you them, yeah. No, oh, I'm actually, white and blue. Yeah, no, I'm those as well. Uh, I used to wear sales gloves. I still wear sales gloves, but I used to have a white and blue glove and then wear those white and blue Adidas Preds. They yeah, were a stunning. superb combo. Yeah, I, I was going to say white palm, definitely. Yeah. There's something, if, if there's like a, I don't know, a blue or a red or a black palm on the glove, it, I don't know, puts me off and I don't know why. I can't explain I, it. I think the, the black palms makes people's hands look smaller and I'm, I go, that goes against my grain of like, there you, you want your hands to look massive. There you go. Yeah, 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 beautiful. Could stare at these for hours. And, and <laughs> do you know what? Every single, honestly, every single time, it's not even as if I play anymore, but every single time Adidas release a pair of new boots, I always go on Pro Direct Soccer. Other outlets are available and check. I do the exactly the same thing. Always. I always have a look. I love a new pair of boots. I, I go through a lot of pairs of boots anyway. Okay. We're both in the twilights of our playing career. Yep. <laughs> I, it's weird. For me to sort of think to myself, that pair of goalie gloves right there are the last ones I'm ever going to buy. No. It's heartbreaking. No, it's not true. I hope not. Soccer Road, if you sign me up, I'll buy some new gloves. Just <laughs> See, uh, obviously I remember as a child, like my parents buying me like a pair for birthdays or for Christmas yeah. and saying, you've got to make them last. Yeah. And, that. and now I go through like a pair every four games and I'm like, oh my God, how did I make that work? How did I get through a season with one pair of gloves? Would you realise then, would you ever think, okay, these are definitely going to be my last pair? Because I actually bought them during lockdown because they were on sale. And I thought that's when I thought, well, I'm at the time, I was like 32 or 31 or whatever I was at the time. I'm, I don't see why I would, I, I bought them literally because I was bored. I was going to say during lockdown when there's no lockdown. football going on, no. you bought goalie stuff. Yeah, they were like a third off and I was like, well, yeah, go on. I'm really Bargain, bored at the It's a good deal. Though. Yeah, You've exactly. kept them in lovely condition. I've used them twice, I think. Yeah. One's, one's at Old Trafford, which was nice. Just drop that in there. Yeah, yeah nice. got it. You got it. How did you get around to playing at Old Trafford then? I, uh, I was... <laughs> Great segue. Listen, there's, there's absolutely no sort of credible way that I was invited to play at Old Trafford at all other than that I knew people that worked for a PR company that invited me down because they needed goalkeepers for this sort of you know fan day out thing with a hotel chain um, and I at the, at the time I lived a 20 minute walk from Old Trafford so it was the greatest day of my life unbelievable greatest day of my life just soaking it all in oh I tore my quad on my fourth goal kick but ha I carried still on. the great oh you carried Car on yeah I read that you tore your quad I didn't realise you carried oh, on oh I carried on and I made if I do say so myself, I made a, a really, really good double save with a torn quad, which I have got on video. And it was one-on-one, uh, -on -one, first shot saved, rebound, spit at his feet. Yeah, yeah. Got to talk about that, haven't I? Yeah, um, of course. What was it like, the actual whole day of it? The shambles? The, the, no, the whole day was incredible. Like arriving on a bus. That's what I mean. Yeah. Doing oh, it properly. Oh, yeah, big time. And I, I really, really got into the groove and I really sort of, breathed it in and took it as seriously as I could and I ran through my I ran through my routine like before I 
my superstition uh, before I kicked off. And I, and I, and I did all, except tearing my quad and not having a right foot to stand on or kick with. I did all right. De- definitely better than I was on Soccer AM. So, um, yeah, good day out, that. Really good. Yeah. 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 High up on them. Yeah. Oh, right up, there with, right up there with winning a league with my mates at university. Sick. Yeah, right up there. That must have been more pressure with your mates, though, when you're playing. See, like, it's weird. I, I've talked about this before with other people, but when you're in a team, you're there to do a job. But when you're with your mates, it's like, gets dead ruthless, doesn't uh, it? 100%. Yeah, at school, I played behind... I'm still you know, really good mates with these two lads now. My two centre-backs, they were always on each other, always arguing, always, always, always. And I was behind them. And it's the first time that I can think of where I was actually a little bit quiet on the pitch because those two were constantly at each other anyway. I couldn't get a word in even as a goalkeeper. Um, but then at university, you remember, remember like Master League on Pro Evolution Soccer, yep. if anyone ever played that, you create your own team. Uh, we did that at university. Um, and in the third uh, third year, my last year, sort of went and scouted a load of players and uh, bought with my mates. And yeah, we ended up winning the league. God knows how, but because I was sort of captain and the manager of the team. Oh, is yeah. that why? Yeah. It was like real life Master League and it was glorious. Well, did it ever come a point where you're like, I might have to drop myself here? Uh, I did substitute myself off to then put myself on up front. Oh, well, there we go. But we were, <laughs> we were six or seven up. And I think I was still drunk from the night before and I thought, yeah, go on, treat myself. Didn't score. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Went for the glory, got oh, none of it. Yeah, of course, of course. Did they concede? Did we concede? No, I actually think the lad who went in goal actually probably p- pull off some blinding save. <laughs> probably. Probably did better than me. Devastated. You had to do a team talk around him. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, that was sort of university Sunday league football, like hungover from the night before. And yeah, we ended up winning the league. So Proper football. That. Yeah, love that. Love that. No one cutting up the half-time oranges or nothing. Just a lot of swearing at half-time. Yeah. Like my team A couple of fags. Were, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, possibly a top-up from the night before yeah, as nice. well, just to keep you going. Yeah. Giving good. a team talk the noise of a can open in <laughs> the background. Much, pretty much. Depending on how seriously we took it, because obviously, you know, when the team was better, we took it more seriously. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, uh, yeah good right. times. I want to talk about Blue Peter now okay. uh, and how you got into TV. Yeah. This transition it fascinates me. Yeah, I took the long path to getting into television. And one thing I realised about myself when it comes to sort of, you know, my films, my sport, um, music, all that kind of thing, is that I am really crap at them. (laughs) But I'm more at talking about them. And that was sort of, uh, I got to the age of 24 and I didn't have a real job um, three years out of uni. And I thought to myself, it's now or never. Just try to get into the broadcasting industry through radio. So I went to my local radio station and I actually... Sorry, Diverse FM in Luton. I did lie to you when I walked in and I said I studied radio at university and I hadn't. But anyway, they <laughs> Total bluff. Of, yeah, Belfort. big time. And anyway, a, a lad called Darren Jones got me in on his show as like a con- contributor. Uh, and long story short, that led to me um, doing uh, a bit of radio for the low, low price of absolutely nothing. Didn't earn a living doing it. I didn't get my first job in media until I was 27. Wow. And I was at joe.co.uk and I was a sort of producer presenter there. Uh, and then I sort of created a series there where I was an average bloke doing very, very unaverage jobs. Uh, so I did uh, like a stand-up comedy set. I worked in a sewage works. I did Royal Marines commando training. Um, I ended up... Uh, There's dive- nothing you'd say no to then. Literally, yeah. I, I ended up going scuba diving with sharks. 
And I actually have weed myself before doing it because I was so terrified. And it did me a favour, actually. It warmed up the wetsuit. But I'd never gone scuba diving <laughs> was before. Was you in the water or out of the water? In the water. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, big time. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd never doesn't gone... count. That's just urinating uh, in the is sea. Is that disappointing? Yeah. disappointed, yeah. Oh, you you're told gonna me piss this yourself. before. I was like, just do it properly. <laughs> if you're going to piss yourself, do it properly. Um, but it was, it was scuba diving, which I'd never done before. In amongst sharks, no cage or anything like that. And I had to film a video like while underwater surrounded by sharks and I was terrified. Um, and then, yeah, a producer at BP cottoned on to the fact that I will apparently do anything for money. So um, <laughs> went and had three screen tests and, and yeah, they said, yeah, you're, you're a class clown and you're a big kid and you throw yourself at anything. Like that show's had a massive influence on a lot of children's like childhood and growing up. Like to be part of that and the the history of it. It's wild. It's still it's still like even to this day, it still baffles me. There's certain things that I've been very, very lucky enough to do, you know, interview A, B or C or whatever and 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 I sort of it's an out of body experience. I sort of look at myself and I don't believe that that's me talking to whoever or doing whatever. And that last four years of my life has, has sort of been that. It's I don't believe that I was part of such an iconic British institution as to what it is. But you went out there and made that happen. Having no experience, which yeah. is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, you know, there's no one way of getting into the job. You know, if you if you ask any of the co-presenters, the God knows how many co-presenters I worked with, but if you ask any of them, they all had wildly different ways of getting into that into that job. Um, but I think the reason that the only time it sort of sunk in for me as to what I was what I was a part of is rewatching The Office for the 87th time. And there's you know the training day episode with the guitar. Yeah, there's a Blue Peter joke in that where an ex-Blue Peter presenter was in the training video. No way. And it was at that point where David Brent goes, oh, yeah, Blue Peter. And I was like, oh, my days. What am I a part of? This is mental. So, yeah, it was it was quite the four years, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why has it come to an end then? I had been... I'd, I'd never planned on being there more than five years. It's hard when you're 34 trying to act 15 still, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I was sort of very much myself on the on the, on the... On the show, or a, a version of myself, there was a lot of acting that went into it, of course, because um, you know not everything appealed to me. I'm I'm not an avid gardener, for example. So when we did a, a film about beavers, voles, it wasn't necessarily you know my. I thought you were going to come out with some euphemisms then. I swear. Oh yeah, sweet sweet beavers. <laughs> I worked with them on a couple of occasions. Yeah, um, yeah. So there was a little bit of acting that went into it. I, I, Definitely, but that's that's natural, and that speaks to the breadth of what the job is. Yep, I, I'd done everything. It was it was a really weird four years for everyone. If you think about the world in the last four years, COVID, you know, the royals passing away, the Black Lives Matter movement, where you addressed all of it on the show. Yeah. Like, there's never been a period of time on Blue Peter like the last four years. So to have been a part of that was. I'm not going to say it was a blessing because I'll be honest, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't exactly what I set it out for it to be. I did the one huge challenge. I I acted like a clown. I I hopefully I was some sort of role model to some kids. Yeah, you definitely have inspired some kids. Um, I I felt like I completed it. There's only so many times you get slimed as well. This is it? Yeah, yeah. Before the uh, you know, there's there's a rite of passage in being a children's TV presenter. Being slimed is one of them. I did it four times, three four times, times, something yeah. like that. Silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was even watching clips on the train this morning of you delivering a lamb. Yeah. As you do. Like, yeah, yeah, pulling one lamb out of another. Yeah. Why not? The, the roles that you have to take on yeah. being a BP presenter is a joke, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But it was, it was, it was, 
it was a hell of an experience and one I wouldn't change for the world, that's for sure. Uh, obviously, I'm out of work now then. What's next? I'm jobless, yeah. I'm very literally jobless. What's next? Anyone listening, he is available. Uh, yeah, Soccer Aid, I'm available. Um, <laughs> I, what's next? Um, genuinely, I, I want to get back. I, the, the documentary, the Special Ones documentary that I did was was. And I did that during my time on BP, and that sort of lit a fire under me. So this is what I was I hoping you were going to say. This. Yeah, genuinely, this is what I want to do: is take topics such as you know goalkeeping, for example, and and just shed more light on them. And 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 uh, so that's sort of like an avenue that I feel like I am hopefully a little bit of a part of. Um, but yeah, documentaries I'd like to think is the way to go. But there's a lot of documentaries out there. There's a lot of people that can present the documentaries. Um, we will see. We'll see. I've got some secrets tucked up my sleeve that I'm keeping a secret because they might not work. They might not come off. They might not, right. And finally, right then, as a Man United fan, mm. uh, I want to just discuss in maybe but one word answers, right? Okay. Keep us from your generation of goalkeeping at Man U before we finish, right? So, Peter Schmeichel. Legend. Sorry. Greatest. Greatest. Massimo Taibi. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's enough. That's my answer. That's your answer. That's enough. <laughs> Fabian Bartas. One word, you give me one word. Sure, you just say bald. Well, yeah. Yeah, I was going, for, I was going to go for something a little bit deeper. You don't but have yeah. to go anything deeper. Go bald, yeah. Uh, Roy Carroll. Fine. Fair enough. Tim Howard? Uh, I felt, like this is more than one word, but I genuinely thought he was going to be our next Peter Schmeichel. I think he's, I would say underrated. Yes, underrated. Yeah. Like, yeah, I go with that. that. Even the career he had at Man United, he was really good for you in yeah. that period where you were struggling for yeah. goalies. Big time. Underrated. That's the word. Uh, Edwin van der Sar. Icon. You said greatest already, yeah. Yeah, I've said greatest. So whatever the next down from that is, icon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ben Foster. Underrated. Victor Valdez. <laughs> Some goalkeepers, by the way. This is a joke. I know. I was putting this together. This. I was going, oh my God. I completely forgot that he even played for Man United. Um, you want a hand? Yeah, I do. Please. Baller. He was one of the first that actually played out from the back with that Barcelona team. Oh, yeah. Good show. Yeah. Weren't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that era of like yeah, the small guy in goal, yeah, tick attacker. He yeah. was what started it, really. It's a great show. Yep, yeah, thank you. Right, Sergio Romero. Oh my God, yeah, Argentinian. Um, underwhelming. Underwhelming, big time. I thought he was going to be brilliant. Yeah, when he first arrived and and he, yeah, he got a very very good run. In, he got a, a he got the run in the team that I wish someone like Ben Foster had. Like he was definitely given his chance. Like yeah. and he can have no complaints about how it went for him. Whereas like for Ben, I feel like you know. He saved penalties in the League Cup finals and he made, I think, one mistake against Sunderland. Yeah. It cost him his time at Man United, which is such a crying shame. Um, so I would go, yes, as you remember, yeah, underwhelming. Uh, right, Dean Henderson. <laughs> this is a controversial one for a Man United fan. <laughs> I thought he should have been Man United's number one. I genuinely, I think I thought he should have been Man United's number one. I thought David De Gea's form dipped to the point where he needed to sit out of the team for a good six months, seven months. I think he might have done if Dean Henderson wasn't as injured as he Yeah, got. I would say potential. It's like, yeah. Like Dean's an unbelievable goalkeeper yeah. and his mentality is something that yeah. is alongside Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah, yeah, like big time. How he puts himself out there and puts those demands on him is incredible to yeah. see. I, yeah, so... Uh, 
He's still, I mean, he is still at Man United, but I'd go with, at the moment, unfortunate. Yeah, that's fine. That's a good good way of putting it. Right, and then finally, David De Gea. Such mixed emotions. Roller coaster. Yeah. Right, he does, so, I, I mean, do you know what? Shot stopping. I, I couldn't relate. Oh, no, I can't relate in terms of being incredible, <laughs> but I can relate in that, that he plays to his strengths yes. big time. I just don't think that he's as brave as he could be when I see him in those one-on-ones. He doesn't command his area as much as he could. Playing out from the back, I don't mind. I don't know. It's, 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 he is not the goalkeeper that's going to take Man United back to where they were. See, uh, which Mark, I feel really harsh hard, saying. Though, yeah. But if you look at the Edisons and the Allisons and the Neuers, well, Allison literally came in at Liverpool and changed who they were and won the league. And got, True, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he's been brilliant for Man United. Um, I go on Twitter and I see people calling him the greatest of all time and he's nowhere near that. Um, and yeah, he's now got the clean sheet record for Man United. But it's a bit of a weird one because on the one hand, he played more matches than Peter Schmeichel did. But on the other hand, he played in a weaker team than Peter Schmeichel did. So... Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant goalkeeper. I wouldn't put him in the top five of all time. In fact, he's not even playing for Spain at the moment, which I think says says all needs to be said, unfortunately. Right, and then last question, right? What does the goalkeeper's union mean to you? Deep. That is deep, isn't it? That's like asking me what the meaning of life is. Um, What does the goalkeeper's union mean to me? I remember, I don't know if this sums it up or not, but I remember... Before every single match that I played, like when I played like for Snowden City or whatever, and after every single match that I played, always like spudding the goalkeeper, fist bumping the goalkeeper if we had to change halves uh, and going up to the goalkeeper and and like saying that was a hell of a save or gutted or unlucky or whatever, actually having a little bit of a chat with them. Bollocks to everyone else. I ignored everyone else, like strikers or whatever. But like, I'd go up to the goalkeepers and actually make a point of like having a conversation with them because like even this, I felt like there have been things that you've said and I'm like, Jesus, Mark, give me a hug. Like, he gets it. We're in it together. Yeah, exactly. In the trenches together. Exactly that. Right, that's all we've got time for today, Rich. Uh, I've absolutely loved talking goalkeeping with you. Uh, And I thoroughly recommend your documentary. Make sure everyone goes and checks that out. Thank you very much, Rich. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. This has been the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard. Uh, Please leave a comment and subscribe to our channel. It really helps us grow. All the best, guys. See you next week. What a save from Mark Howard. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 